Well, just six days from now will be the 4th of July, Independence Day. Independence Day, we celebrate our independence, our, our freedoms um, in this nation. A few weeks ago, we recognized uh, Juneteenth, which commemorates the end of slavery uh, in the United States. Freedom is, is a powerful thing. We don't agree on much in this nation, but we all agree that freedom is a good thing. Better to be free than, than not. Uh, freedom of speech, freedom of choice, freedom of religion. Freedom resonates with people. Uh, it's the stuff of movies from, from Braveheart to The Little Mermaid. Gets da- dangled like a carrot by, by parents and politicians alike. It makes people risk their lives to get or to protect it. I can remember my freshman year at Duke being a part of a first semester program called Visions of Freedom. Doesn't that just sound nice? Visions of Freedom. Uh, And it was a a series of of poli-sci history and English classes examining uh, the nature of freedom, different philosophies of freedom. And I still remember my very first class, seminar class, we sat down, uh, the professor walked in and asked us, so what is freedom? Some people said, well, well freedom is, is, is not being under a, an oppressive system or regime that's like telling you what you have to do. Other people said, freedom is, is the ability to do what I want to do. And still other people said, freedom is the ability to be truly human, to, to flourish. Well, as you might expect in a uh, freshman seminar class where everybody's trying to uh, make sure that they uh, belong, um, there was a lot of uh, pushback. Uh, a lot of uh, pushback to those definitions. Uh, well, freedom is the ability to do what I want. Where does the freedom of my uh, fist end and the freedom of your nose begin? If freedom is the ability to be truly human, well, how do we know when we've gotten there and which human beings are we talking about? A- am I truly free if someone else isn't free? Am I free to drill a hole in my side of the proverbial boat that we all share? Maybe there's freedom and then there's freedom. In our culture, it it doesn't take long to see that, that we largely conceive of freedom as the ability to do and choose what I want. It's that teenage euphoria of just getting your driver's license and and getting a car and being able to drive wherever I want and do whatever I want to do. The anthem for this notion of freedom uh, sounds like the Rolling Stones, free to do what I want any old time, free to choose what I please any old time. But here's a sobering thought. What if that particular tune of, of freedom is really just the sound of our chains rattling. In other words, what if that's not true freedom at all? I might be free to do and to choose what I want, but what do I choose? Who do I obey? Who gets my loyalty? I I can choose to do what I want and still find myself terribly lonely, terribly driven out, broken, depressed, in debt, leaving a trail of harm and unfreedom in my wake. Free to do what I want, yet others' lives 
and others' freedoms harmed by my choices. Free to do what I want and yet overworked, overstressed, overprogrammed kids, overcompetitive world. Is this our freedom? We, we, we need to look no further than this current pandemic, right? To see uh, how hard it has been for us and how downright militant it has made some people even when we can't do what we want exactly or, or buy what we want, where we want it, go exactly where we want. And when we're being made to wear masks. We need look no further than to our brothers and sisters of color. Ask them if they truly feel free. There's freedom and then there's real freedom. Maybe we don't know what true freedom is. Paul casts a a vision of true freedom for us in today's scripture passage. Dear church, he says, true freedom is servitude to God. True freedom is servitude to God. And what Paul says about freedom builds off of the points he, he made earlier in chapter 6 that we, we talked about last week. Remember that as grace-soaked followers of Jesus in baptism, we are, are dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. That means that sin has, has no power over us. We walk in a new and a, in a spacious life. We've been freed from sin. And this freedom is is complete gift. There, we don't secure it for ourselves. So, Paul says, in light of the fact that you are dead to sin and alive in Christ, in light of being freed from sin, present the parts of you that you used to present before sin, as if obeying sin is your master, like you were slave sin, doing what sin told you to do, present them to a different master, to God. It's like nitroglycerin. It can be used to blow things up or to heal somebody's heart. In other words, want to be free? Offer your words, your intellect, your imagination, your passions, your gifts, your creativity, your hands, your feet, your energy before God. To work for God's kingdom and toward God's purposes, not sins. You see, for Paul, there is no neutral ground on which we stand completely free from external forces to choose the life that we want. We are so invested in the illusion that we completely think for ourselves, choose for ourselves, do for ourselves. Paul says everyone serves and obeys something. We simply can't not serve something. Something is always claiming our allegiance, promising us freedom in exchange for loyalty. For Paul, it's either God or everything else. Maybe you're a slave to fashion. Maybe you're a slave to technology, uh, to sports, to physical fitness, to, to your kids' activities, to personal wealth, to your job, to a particular political or philosophical concept. I might think I'm truly spend free to spend my money any way that I want to, but something tells me what to spend it on. And what I spend it on might actually enslave me. I might think I'm truly free to vote any way that I want to, but something influences who I vote for or the end or the issues that I think are most important. And who I vote for might cause others harm. I can choose whether or not to, to take that prescription pain pill that I don't actually need to take, 
but something influences whether I do or not. And for Paul, the question is, the question he's asking is whether that something claiming our allegiance, our obedience is sin or God. Those are the only two possibilities. He says we are slaves to the one we obey, either to sin, which leads to death, or God, which leads to life. There's freedom, and then there's true freedom. True freedom is servitude to God. Now, echoing in the background here is uh, the foundational story of freedom in the Bible, the, the Exodus. God's people were enslaved in Egypt. They were forced to obey to be obedient to Pharaoh, to make bricks, to build palaces. God saw their chains and oppression, and God m- is moved to liberate them from slavery. And the reason why is telling. God, speaking through Moses to Pharaoh as to why Pharaoh is supposed to let God's people go, Moses says this, let my people go so that they might worship me. The freedom for which God sets the Israelites free is a freedom to worship and serve God. It's a freedom for. God freed them from slavery in Egypt so that they might be free to flourish, uh, to to, uh, enjoy full obedience to the God who had just delivered them. This tells us that the freedom God intends was not the freedom to do whatever they want. That would be just a different form, a different kind of slavery. God intends the freedom to be a particular love of God, love of neighbor, orientation in the world so that the world might flourish. God does, of course, liberate the Israelites from slavery. And at first, the people of Israel do uh, serve and worship God. And then they start complaining in the wilderness and want to go back to Egypt. Jesus' death and resurrection is the new exodus for Paul. We were enslaved to sin and God came to our rescue in Jesus Christ and delivered us through his death and resurrection to new life. And like the exodus story, we have been set free in order to serve and to worship God. Because God, as the creator and sustainer of life, knows that we're most truly free when we're captivated by and extend God's love. Not when we choose or do whatever we want. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't go back to slavery to sin, Paul is saying, obeying its rules. You can't not serve something. So gratefully, joyfully serve and obey the God who just rescued you. Be fully human as God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven and all people flourish. True freedom is serving God so that God's purposes are accomplished. Paul would have no doubt heard the stories of Jesus and what true freedom looked like. Captives released, blind, seeing, paralytics, walking, lepers cleansed, liberty for the oppressed, good news for the poor, sinners with a spot at the table, demons cast out, dropping nets behind and saying yes to God's call, sin made powerless, death defeated, people coming alive, holy friendships, selfless life together. There's freedom and there's true freedom. True freedom is serving God. Except Paul uses the term slavery instead. Now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. 
that language is, is jarring to us, problematic for us with the legacy of race-based chattel slavery that we have. For Paul and his original hearers, it was something taken for granted. Paul just names it without judging the morality of it. They understood slavery to be a life surrendered to the control of another and, and ple- pledging ultimate, uh, ultimate loyalty. But it's also jarring because, again, we operate with an understanding of freedom as a freedom from external things, the ability to do what we want. The idea of servitude doesn't sound like freedom. But the idea that unchecked personal freedom is the prerequisite for human happiness and fulfillment is literally the oldest lie in the book. So when Paul casts his vision of freedom, he instead expresses the idea as servitude to God, as as surrendering our life to God and pledging our allegiance and loyalty. But instead of forced labor at the hands of a harsh taskmaster interested in destruction, it's joyful obedience at the hands of a loving God interested in making new. Instead of free to do what I want any old time, it's free to do what God wants any old time. Make me a captive, Lord, and I shall be free, as the old hymn says. Because when what God wants comes to pass through our joyful obedience, that's where freedom is for us and for others. Because when what God wants comes to pass through our joyful obedience, that's where true freedom is and happens for us and others. Serving God is true freedom. When fear gives way to trust and anxiety gives way to peace, as selfishness gives way to generosity, as as hate and ignorance gives way to compassion and understanding, as injustice gives way to justice, as indifference gives way to courage, as guilt gives way to forgiveness, as exclusion gives way to inclusion, as circumstantial happiness gives way to joy, as the mundane gives way to majesty, as loneliness gives way to friendship. There's freedom and then there's true freedom. True freedom is servitude to God. This week at the pool, both our boys made some some big strides. Our older boys made some big strides. Don't worry, we're not putting our baby in the pool yet, uh, making him swim. Our oldest boys uh, made some strides with swimming abilities. And watching them um, swim and play in the water made me think back to my own childhood and how much I, I loved and still love the, the beach and the ocean in particular. As a young child, I always felt so free uh, at the beach, splashing in the, uh, in the waves close to the shore. But that was before I learned how to swim and put, and, and put my head under water. And when I learned how to do that, I became even more free in the ocean at the beach because I was able to thrive in the water and enjoy it even more and go deeper servitude to God is like learning how to swim. When we do it, we experience an ocean of freedom, whereas otherwise we would have just been skirting the shoreline of life, barely getting our shins wet. And I'm convinced that the times we experience true freedom are the times we say yes to God's yes for us. The times we say yes to God with every part of our lives, serving God with our ideas, our money, our time, our imaginations, our passions, our memory, our words, our feet, our hands. I feel free when I preach. 
I feel free when I serve communion. I felt free when I finally answered God's call to ministry. I felt free going on mission trips as a youth. I feel free when I help someone else experience freedom. When someone else flourishes. How about you? Not too long ago, I watched the film Harriet, which tells the story of Harriet Tubman and her escape to freedom, and then her heroic acts to free the rest of her family and countless others. And I was struck by her obedience to God and her doing what she felt God was compelling, calling her to do. You see, for Harriet, as for Paul, true freedom was bound up with her obedience to God and other people's freedom. When she escaped free to do what I want any old time was not her tomb. She used her freedom to secure freedom for others on the Underground Railroad. And that's how it is. True freedom is serving God. And when we serve God, we necessarily serve other people and ensure they experience abundant life too. We're freest when we give ourselves away. Not when we try to secure for ourselves or act in our own self interest. We've got to ensure that once we've experienced the spacious place of God's freedom, that we don't shut the door behind us, keeping other people out. To be truly free ourselves, we may have to bear someone else's burdens. We might have to make someone else's problems our problems. There's a connection between our freedom in Christ and the freedom Christ calls us to as faith working itself out in love. We have been set free from sin and have become servants of God and one another. There's freedom and then there's true freedom. Dear church, Paul says, true freedom is servitude to God. Make me a captive, Lord, and then I shall be free. Force me to render up my sword, and I shall conquer or be. I sink in life's alarms when by myself I stand. Imprison me within thine arms, and strong shall be my hand. If this kind of freedom sounds like a paradox, it is. Especially in a society that believes and behaves as if Freedom is being able to do and choose what I want to without interference. But the choice for us is not whether to be obedient or to be free, but what we will be freely obedient to. And Paul confronts us with the startling, subversive good news that true freedom, true freedom is nothing less than servitude to the one who by his death and resurrection freed us for freedom. Church, that might just be worth our allegiance. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.